Welcome to See We Do Have a Voice. I'm your host, Shelley Turner. Being diagnosed with breast cancer is where the discussion starts. Breast cancer doesn't care where you live. It doesn't care who you know, how healthy you are, how many initials you have behind your name, or what color your skin is. This podcast is a platform that will create discussion in order to help you find your story, your decisions, your information, and your understanding. Now let's get into it. Hi, this is Shelly, and welcome back to See, We Do Have a Voice. And our guest today is Jackie. And Jackie's a special one because Jackie can sit and talk about Susan G. Komen. Jackie used to be an ambassador, and I guess pretty much she's a spokesperson. She speaks a lot about it. She knows a lot about it. And Jackie's here to tell her story. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning. How are you? I'm amazing. And thank you so much for asking. Thank you so much for taking the time out because every guest, that's my first and foremost conversation is to thank you and to let you know I do appreciate so much because these are stories. And all of us have been diagnosed with a breast cancer. All of us have had a fire, but none of us have taken this fire to the water hole. So we are standing together. We have common, common conversations. We have a common heart. And we all understand that sharing is the healing part of the journey. Breast cancer is just the diagnosis, but then the life after. How do we function after? Because then we have to get our life back. We have to get our bodies back. So, Jackie, talk about it. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Everything that you just stated is correct. In 2005, I was just going to have a normal mammogram. Mm -hmm. So once I had that last mammogram, they stated, we need you to come back. We see something. Didn't think anything of it <laughs> because I've been getting one for since I was 40. Right. right? And so um, they called me and I said, what do you see? They don't know yet. So we went through, you know, all the different tests and everything mm -hmm. and found out I had stage one breast cancer. Okay. Um, very, very, very scared, very afraid, very shut down. Because when you hear the word cancer, it just really tears you apart. And again, as families, we don't talk about it. So I didn't even know much about breast cancer. Because it's not going to be you. It's not going to be me. No, you're, Absolutely. you're never even going to have to find yourself having this type of conversation. Not at all. Mm. And I typically just shut down. Uh, I did tell my family. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I just wanted to be with Jackie. Because my first thing was cancer, I'm going to die. That That's it. Time, that's it. That's it. That's all you yeah. know. That's all you, you know. know. Your mind is just shut down to that. And so my son was in the ninth grade. Mm. And he was very, very afraid as well. Exactly. And uh, my thought process was, I'm not going to see this kid graduate from high school. So that's the fear that cancer puts in every single one of us. And that's why the organization, see, we do have a voice because cancer is no longer going to be the loudest voice in the room. So we have a voice and this is where we share our voice. Absolutely. And we need that because that same day after I came from the doctor, um, I went in the store and, you know, at that time there was a magazine sitting there and it started it talked about breast cancer. <laughs> and there it is. And so, <laughs> there it is. And there it is. If we don't know much about it, I'm going to take that paper with me, right. you know, and, and sit out and read it. But um, very informative information in mm -hmm. it. It just talked about, you know, 
the diet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it kind of triggered my mind to say, you know what, I got to start eating better. Mm-hmm. And but not only that, I need to find out <laughs> what to do here because your doctors, they're just telling you limited information. We're going to do this. Yeah, this they just month. let you know what, what we're getting ready to do to you. Absolutely. Right. right. Absolutely. And after that, you, you're pretty much on your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when that time going through my treatment and all that good stuff, it was so funny, Shelly, when I went in to have my treatment every day, my radiation treatment, there was several ladies in there mm-hmm. also. And they were just like me. They were just just totally sad and afraid. Going through the motion. And went through the motion, sharing our story. You know, mm-hmm. like one lady said, she felt a knot, you know, a lump in her breast. Mm-hmm. And so the doctor told her, don't worry about it. Come back in nine months. Well, Ooh. nine months later, it was much bigger. And wow. so we just talk about those things about, you know, you got to be your own advocate. Yeah. The miscommunication is deadly. It's deadly. The but miscommunication. I felt I needed to be in that room because I was just as scared and, mm-hmm. and just pretty down and out. But I felt I needed to lift the team up in there. I call mm-hmm. them every yeah. day. Well, you have and that I- personality. You have the lift me up personality. So I can I can believe you did that for them. And you know, when you're doing radiation, you're only in there for like five minutes, but you're sitting in that room for about maybe 15 minutes. And so right, right. I just wanted to keep them all, you know, on a positive note and let them mm-hmm. know we're going to all be all right. You know, mm-hmm. Let's stick together. Let's share numbers and let's just keep in touch. Some people wanted to, some didn't. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. You mentioned diet. And yes. I've had some guests on the show that are vegans, you know, don't eat meat, mm-hmm. the vegetarians, strict diet marathon runners, exercise. So do you have a different opinion about that? Because the food doesn't cause cancer. No. Well, my only opinion was me to be more cautious of what I'm putting in my mouth. That's Um, true. Because you can't put nothing dead in your body and expect your body to live. Absolutely. My my conclusion was I need to add more fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a big meat eater. Well, mm-hmm. I was, and I was eating all kind of meat, but I kind of <laughs> removed some of that. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I just changed my diet where I would just incorporate a lot of fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, did very creative and doing, you know, making juices every morning, you know, and that I enjoy. And I think it helped me. Mm-hmm. And then also just understand what the meat was doing in my body mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. maybe eating some some carrots and some uh, apples or, you know, right. the food that I would, blueberries and blackberries, more antioxidants in my system. Talk about your treatment. How did, you know, how did you do with your treatment and how do you feel now about your treatment? Right. My treatment, because I caught it in the first stage and mm-hmm. believe it or not, the year that they had the mammogram machines converted over to digital lenses. Right. That was that, you know, they can really go in and look and see what you have. Mine right. was so tiny. It was smaller mm-hmm. than a top of a pen. Really? A pen. It was so small, but they felt the need, you know, by the time we did the biopsy, they pretty much got it all, but they still wanted me to have radiation. I did have the surgery where they went in okay. there and removed whatever was left and they cleaned it up. Right. And an amazing right. doctor. And so after that, I did go through five weeks of radiation. You know how it is every day for five minutes. Right, right, right. Yeah. And after that, you know, your last week of any type of treatment that's, you know, you're going through, you get very tired. So I was very exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Tired. Radiation takes your breath away. Oh, my God. But Mm -hmm. after that, 
I just started, like I said, I started building up exercise, eating better. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to help someone that the way I came out of it and find out I had breast cancer, I wanted to help someone Mm -hmm. else and say, you know what, here we are to help you if you need us. So I did Mm -hmm. go in and seek some intervention and guidance. And and I went to the Susan G. Coleman at the time. It was the LA office. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did they really help you? You know, how did you become the ambassador? Pretty much educated me with a lot of information for me to read and, you know, mm-hmm. take it from there. But also I told them that I would like to get out and share my story with other people. Mm-hmm. And so we went through training through Susan G. Coleman. Then they certified me as an ambassador to go out and speak. And, you know, doing October, they give us only one month, but I think it's every right, day. Right. It is every, <laughs> every day. day. It is every so day. So we go out in October, which is pulled everywhere. I mean, I have mm-hmm. had an opportunity to speak in churches, people's homes, prisons. That's great. Yeah. That, wow. Yes. Wow. And um, just people are just thirsty for the information. So. And that's why I say the, the information is the healing. Absolutely. Just like you said, you know, when you were diagnosed, you didn't have information. (laughs) And what you're saying, being diagnosed at stage one, you didn't have chemo. No, I did not. But then but then there are still a lot of women that at stage one, they rush you right through those double doors. Absolutely. And you don't know to ask the question Mm -hmm. because you're following direction at that point. Absolutely. So, you know, when I hear I hear that at stage one. Several people that have been on the show have talked about they didn't have chemo. I get a little ugly because I had chemo. I've had cancer, breast cancer three times. And I was never even in the conversation where chemo didn't wasn't the first, you know, mode of defense. Absolutely. It was like so when I hear that, you know, stage one people didn't have you know, women didn't have chemo, I'm like, so I really didn't have to have chemo. But then again, it's like, you know, what was so different and you never know the difference because you don't know to ask the different questions. Absolutely. Well, I spoke with my oncologist and I asked him, I said, what is the next steps? Mm-hmm. He looked at my chart and he said, because the tumor was so tiny, it was just so mm-hmm. tiny. You know, they had a certain time, you know, you know, how, how big and how small it's supposed to be before mm-hmm. they move into mm-hmm. the next stage of getting chemo. Right. And mine was just so tiny. They felt that um, the radiation would be enough. Like I said, the questions, you don't know the questions to ask to get the answer that you Mm -hmm. really, really need. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of, you know, this whole platform being created to know that there are so many other options. And, you know, going to the doctor, the doctor cannot just run the show anymore, you know, for women that are being diagnosed today. Absolutely. And just like you said, where do they go? Who do they go with? And are they just going to go with the, you know, the recommendations and the schedule of the doctor? Absolutely. When really, this is your life. Absolutely. You're the ones who's supposed to have the questions. But if you've never been here before, you've never had cancer. And people think automatically, like you say, you hear cancer. Oh, I'm going to die. But there's life after that diagnosis. And it's how we live our life after we've been diagnosed, after we've been treated. Our lives are never the same. No, not at all we have a conversation that you got to have a membership to be in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately the membership is breast cancer, Mm -hmm. but it's to encourage and it's to let other women know that you thrive after this. You know, it's not secret people. Some don't make it. 
Absolutely. But for the ones that do make it, I do believe it's up to us to make sure that other women make it the best they can on their journey. Absolutely. And I've seen you do that. You know, I've been to places where you've spoken and I've been in your company. So I know just your whole demeanor is a healing mechanism because Absolutely. you do that. You bring that. Well, every morning I get up after I say my prayers and thank the Lord <laughs> mm-hmm. for another day, girl. It's it's called <laughs> it's called fight every day. I don't take it yeah. for granted. You know what I mean? Right. I don't right. take it for right. granted. I just try to make sure I stay on top of my game, getting my mammograms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also doing myself, you know, self mammogram. I call it my self mammograms. You know, exactly sure filling yourself up. Myself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the important part, though. That you know, a lot of younger women, right? They don't go to the doctor like maybe they should, mm-hmm. and we know what the culprit of that is. It's insurance. Absolutely. You don't have insurance, or your insurance doesn't cover this. And just like you said, somebody told you you know, 90 days, Mm -hmm. this lady, you know, come back in 90 days. Well, I've heard stories like that, you know, Mm -hmm. where a stage four breast cancer lady that I know, she goes to a hospital and the doctor goes, oh, well, you know, the chemotherapy comes from Florida. So we won't be able to start your chemo for 30 days. She didn't make it 30 days. Wow. But she's at a doctor, 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 that doctor person that's Mm -hmm. telling her. Absolutely. Chemo comes from, you know, another state. We're going to have to wait to get it. Well, I've never heard that. Never heard that before. So the stories that women are being told, sometimes I think there is a racial bias mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, having different women on the show that are, I guess you want to call them privileged to have the insurance and have the great doctor and have the great conversation with that doctor. Women of color don't always even get that opportunity Absolutely, because they, they go into their first consultation and they're just being given instructions. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of times it's like, okay, well, we have to make sure your insurance is going to cover this. So we need a referral for this and a referral for that. And you're the one sitting there just waiting because you're following the instructions because this is the doctor. So it's like, how do we get away from that? You know, how do right. we get women to right. advocate? Just like you said, you have to be your biggest you cheerleader. Do. You do. And, and sometimes, I mean, all the time with anything, when you're talking to a doctor, you don't feel comfortable with what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. to go and get another opinion. Opinion. Absolutely. You know, for the young lady that she can feel it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? In mm-hmm. my case, I couldn't even feel it. You know, it was for me. Mine was found on ultrasound. I mean, ultrasound. But for her, she could feel it mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. just listen to the doctors. And I, you know, those are the things that we educate people on when we go out and speak, when I go out and speak. Mm-hmm. You feel right. something, and if they're telling you one thing, go get another opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Several doctors out there always seek help. You know, and there's a lot of community agencies that will take care of you for free if you don't have medical. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm finding out more and more about those. But how do you even get that information out to women? Because they just feel like, oh, there's a stop sign. There's something mm-hmm. going on with me. I need to go, but I don't have insurance mm-hmm. because there's no information from anybody in their circle or in Absolutely. you know out there for them that you can go get this free. I found out from one of the guests that there's a health insurance for cancer. Mm-hmm. I never heard of that, mm-hmm. but she said there is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know, they're not gonna. It's not gonna be on the five o'clock news. No, it's you. not. It would not. You know, we would never know a lot of that. You know, with working with um, Susan G. Coleman at the time. I worked mm-hmm. with several agencies that were also there to help 
those that did not have medical. I mean, you know, if I can mention this, you know, at our church, we had a truck come up at the, tr- right, the church right, grounds right. and they wanted to take care of those that did not have insurance or had limited insurance because those are the ones that we're trying to reach out to that community to help those, you know, to make sure that they can get a mammogram. And weren't there women that were actually diagnosed and found out they yes, had they breast were. cancer? Yes, they were. We had a very, right. yeah, absolutely. Right, right. And that, to me, that's crazy. Yeah. If the unit had not come onto the church ground and had been an event for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, how would they have ever found mm-hmm. out? Nope. You know, it's like how, as a group of women that want to continue to do the best we can for other women, whether you are diagnosed today, mm-hmm. if you're never diagnosed, or maybe tomorrow you may be diagnosed. Absolutely. The information shouldn't just be just in case or right. when when you get it. Absolutely. You know, because just like you said, when some women get it, they shut down, Absolutely. they get depressed. It's a secret. Their women still don't want to talk no, about it. No, they don't. And it's like, how do we ever just get that information out there where it's communal, you mm-hmm. know, where it's just out there and it's out there in the atmosphere. Right. It's not just coming from your doctor, you know, educate these young girls at school, educate the women, the women in college, let this, let these be pamphlets, let this be, you know, articles in newspaper, but you know, it just can't be a secret anymore. Not at all. It's too many, you know, I go twice a year now mm-hmm. and it's like some kind of weird thing that I feel. I walk mm-hmm. into the doctor's office mm-hmm. and I still see people sitting in there and I'm thinking, oh, you know, people are still getting cancer. I'm done. I'm only coming here really to chat with my oncologist because, I, you know, I love him. He's amazing. But there are women still going through those double doors. Absolutely. And, in t- and to go to his office, I have to pass that door. And it's just I just lose my mind. Absolutely. Because it's like, oh, that door, you know. Oh, But, you know, the crack in the door and every seat is filled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the treatment is still going on. Breast Cancer Awareness Month is October, but breast cancer diagnosis is every day. Absolutely. Every day. Right. And, you know, I was surprised when I found out I had it mm-hmm. to talking to other people, even, you know, some of my own friends. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, I didn't realize you have to have a mammogram unless you feel something. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> we really need some education out here. And right? that, that, that's what I mean. Yes. The simplicity of knowledge will, you know, give you life. It sure will. And it's just that simple. It's not rocket science that you want to take better care of yourself because my hand is up. I'm going to do whatever Mm -hmm. it takes. But, you know, in my third diagnosis, I opted out of any treatment because I'm like, you told me if I cut my breasts off, then it'll never come back. Well, it came back. So Mm -hmm. now it's in God's hands Mm -hmm. that the helper and the healer. So he said it's not coming back. And I trust that. Right. I didn't need treatment because they were like, well, because it came back and it's a HER2 positive, you're going to be on this kind of chemo for a year. And then after that, you're going to have to be on another one for a year. And it's going to affect your heart. But your mm-hmm. heart should go back to normal. I was like, bye. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. No. How about I should not do this? So, but that was after being diagnosed th- the third time and being educated and having multiple conversations with multiple people. Absolutely. It was like more information for me. So information is key to this whole thing with breast cancer. It's like the celebrity on TV. Well, we're not celebrities. We're, we are famous though. In, in mm-hmm. God's eyes, we're famous too. We're Absolutely. Super, we're superstars. <laughs> but you know, you, you want to be on TV because 
you're having cancer and you're mm-hmm. going to get this treatment and oh now the cancer has spread. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That what is mm-hmm. that doing for anybody out there because they're going to feel like, well, if I'm not famous, I'm not a celebrity, I can't go to the doctor they went to, then there it is for me. Absolutely. But it's not. We have to find a better way to get all this information out, really. Really, yeah, and really. I find that we we do a good job in some areas where we're mm-hmm. educating people about mm-hmm. it. And a lot of times they will go to the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, and then when they get their results, that's where they stop. Yeah, because don't so, want to do it. Don't yeah, education needs to be there also because, you know, those kind of things, when you stop, that's mm-hmm. it, you know, whereas versus the other ones, mm-hmm. you know, they will go and get all the help they can get, you know to take care of it, but we've stopped. And then there is a racial divide. You know, there is a racial divide. Right. How African-American women are treated versus any other ethnic group of women that are dealing with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And we typically as a whole, the possibility of us shutting down is greater, I think, because the way they they talk to us, the intimidation Mm -hmm. factor is like, okay, are you going to let me do this or you want to do this? And then the question stops. And then you're like, okay, well, the doctor said, the doctor said, but what do you say? You know, what do you say? So we have to start being the one who says. Absolutely. And just like I said, we have to be the ones to fight. We just Mm -hmm. can't go in that office and then they talk like that to us and share stuff. We still fight through that. Right. And, you know, ask questions as well and say, okay, I want to live. What would you like to see more from Susan Coleman as far as community work? Well, right now, Susan Jacoma, and after the pandemic, they kind of relocated the LA mm-hmm. office to Texas. Mm-hmm. So what I would like to do is like in January, start contacting them again and kind of bringing it back to the LA area mm-hmm. to decide so we can get back out there in the communities and start educating the people about breast cancer. I mean, that means involved getting involved with radio stations. Exactly. Um, doing, exactly. You know, community exactly. events. And exactly. just... Um, you know, talking and sharing our stories, letting them see us. I yes. mean, I had a great opportunity. I tell you this: I went to. Um, it was not the Lakers; it was the ladies' team. Okay, always. the WBA and, or whatever. Yes, and they okay. asked me to speak during halftime. Oh, cool! And so when I got up there and I spoke, mm-hmm. when I came down, it was so many men and women just grabbing me and hugging me mm-hmm. and feeling mm-hmm. me. You know, because <laughs> we, we want to touch have, you. We want to yes, touch her. <laughs> you have breast cancer. It's a certain way people expect you to look. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So that's what we need to educate. We can. We don't live. look like that. We don't that's look. Right. We don't look like death walking. Absolutely. We look like life. The abundant Absolutely. life God promised. That's what we Absolutely. look like. Absolutely. So that's the kind of education I want people to understand. That yes, you you may go in office and they'll tell you you have it. Mm-hmm. But at that, that time, once you, you know, we all go through those stages of depression. That's exactly. not Once you get up, yeah. you're not going to stop. Exactly. We don't fight. I mean, I feel when they call me all the time, the whole month of October to go mm-hmm. and speak, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. I'm right, right, right. But I'm like, I got to do this. You know, I just got to do it because I know somewhere I can help somebody. And you never know it's going to be that one person that, that was waiting. one person. Absolutely. And, and even I'm, now, there's somebody out there right now. That might right. be sitting alone, pondering mm-hmm. with no information, not really trying to talk about it with somebody that to get another opinion from somebody, but needing some real information, some real direction. I had a couple of times where a couple of doctors knew who I was and they would call mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. they would say, would you talk to my patients for me? Okay. They just found out. 
and it was okay that you contact them. And that was big. That's because huge. That That's person huge. had somebody to talk to better than, than I did. <laughs> and then the doctor. Because Doctors reaching out to, you know, just a woman. Absolutely. That is able to talk about it. Absolutely. And the doctor is really admitting that we need more of you because, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these places, they have like a breast cancer coordinator, but mm-hmm. they're not always the information I'm looking for. Cause I tell you the last one that popped out, I told my doctor, she popped out the office like a Jack in a box. And she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know? Oh honey. And I'm, I looked at her like, what? I said, what are you giving me that bag for? She goes, Oh, well, this is just some information. I said, bye. No, no, no. I was right. so outdone with her. I mean, she just popped out the office, like, you know, miss sympathy. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her right. like, are you kidding me? No. Bye. That's why I appreciate all of us that's, you know, that have gone through it, you know, yes. because we have gone through it. And that's when you can sit down and talk to somebody else and say, you know, I've been there where you are. Yeah. Just to you know get, I mean? you know, a different perspective. Yes. You know, absolutely. what did they tell you? Well, no, that's not what they told me. Okay. Well, when I go back to my doctor, I want to ask him about that. And we as African-American women, we don't always get offered the information mm-hmm. of clinical trials, mm-hmm. you know, and that's right. Why, why not? You know, why Absolutely. not? And it's always insurance based. Always. And that's number one. Yeah. And I don't believe they're real honest because in my opinion, clinical trials are for data. Mm-hmm. They just want to know how this particular new medicine worked at your stage of cancer. We know you're not going to make it. We're not going to discuss that with you, but we want you to be on this clinical trial because we need some more data. They need that data. Absolutely. It's like, no, 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 no. no. I'm not, I'm not, you know, the guinea pig, but a lot of women don't even know about the BRCA. They don't know Mm -hmm. about clinical trials. Right. And and it's always, well, my doctor didn't tell me, well, that's when you have to go outside the box and you tell your doctor. It's a lot. And just like we both agree, somebody's being diagnosed today got diagnosed yesterday Mm -hmm. and will be diagnosed tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, those are the people that need information. Right away. Right away. It's like, Mm -hmm. don't worry, you know, let's just, let's just take this one day at a time. Absolutely. But, you know, whatever your doctor's telling you, a second, third opinion, that's your choice. Absolutely. And, you know, some some doctors will intimidate you out of that. Like, well, then why why are you here? Why do you want Mm -hmm. it? And they're going to tell you the same thing. It's like, no, maybe not. Maybe not. I want to validate you, (laughs) what you say. Absolutely. That's why I tell people that, you know, some may call me and say, hey, you know, they think Mm -hmm. they see something. What should I do? Mm -hmm. I says, go buy you a tablet. All right. Mm -hmm. Get your phone together and you Mm -hmm. start taking notes. Mm-hmm. And when you go talk to that doctor, you take notes and then you evaluate what you heard. If you don't like it, then you have that choice to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't follow what they're telling you if you don't feel comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's where we fit in at too, helping that that layer right there. You know, yes, it's standing not, in the gap. That it's gap, standing in the gap. Yes, right. absolutely. Mm. So you mentioned like radio stations as a form of networking. And I just would, I would love that. Oh. I would love, you know, <laughs> how, how, how to get that going. Just to be on a platform like that, mm-hmm. community-based, and just say, you know, women that want to know, do you know somebody? Are you going through? Then, you know, let's create this village. Because Absolutely. there have been so many different breast cancer awareness groups 
But why do, you know, they always go by the wayside. They don't last long. Absolutely. And that's another thing that we need to do is just like, I mean, I think we do a good job as, you know, every year we want to make sure that we have some information, you know, to educate the folks on. But again, it's got to be something that we can do every day, you know, besides just October, we just got to work on that. Because I bet if you get on the radio station and you just say, okay, we're going to have a town hall, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to, you know, go to a school auditorium or somewhere that we can, you know, rent the space and they'll mm-hmm. be at the door. Absolutely. No. With questions, you know, with questions that they're not embarrassed mm-hmm. to ask in this type of form right. that they will be comfortable with an answer. They will get direction and they'll get a partner. You know, they'll get somebody to say, hey, let's. Absolutely. Let's do this. No, you know. This is this is why we call, you know, because we want you to know that women are available for women out there with, you know, with this new journey in Mm -hmm. their life. It just can't be silent anymore because it's just too silent for my taste. Absolutely. I mean, and and not only radio, I mean, some way we got to get a connection with hospitals and the doctors, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. when they first find out, that's when that person needs somebody just to hear. Hey, I've been there with I've been there where you are. Yeah, you know, yeah. and this is what I did, and, and maybe you know you want to do something different, but know to educate yourself. Yeah, that's that's all you have yes. to educate yourself yes. about your options, the choices mm-hmm. that are available, and the keyword available because anything that you need is available, but you just got to know what Absolutely. door to knock on. You know, and you already have the key. You have the key because you're at the door, mm-hmm. but know that that door is available. And you have the key and it's for you to walk in and get whatever Absolutely. you need. If you're, you know, whatever color your mm-hmm. skin is or the initials behind your name or how much money you have or who you know, this information is for you. And you're doing yourself an injustice by not coming to the door. Just like you said, that one person, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's always going to yes. be one person, no matter what, how many people you have in a group, whatever, whatever kind of setting it may be. You're always going to mm-hmm. have that one person. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, you know, you you finished speaking at the game and they yeah. were waiting for you. You know, they just they were waiting to see, oh, wow, she had cancer. You know, she had breast cancer. Right. Oh, look at her. Yeah, right. Yeah, look. Absolutely. Look. That's not what you they're know? used to seeing. When people are advertising on radio or TV, they show people sickly and, you know, <laughs> and I'm not being, trying to be ugly about it. They're just not. Looking yeah, but so, I'm I'm not. Yeah, uh, that's what they expect uh, when something happened like that. Women with cancer that are going through treatment mm-hmm. have a look, though. Mm-hmm. There, there yeah. is a look, and I mean, I I have walked up to women to on two different occasions, and I just saw right. the look, and it was just like automatically just started con- having a conversation. They say, "Well, how did you know?" It's like, "Cause I could see it." Absolutely, I can see it. But yeah, that's your job, Jackie. You got to wave that flag. Yeah, you got a big I flag. Do. I'm working with the different agencies now and saying, you know, we need to, we really mm-hmm. need to work together to get this done. I want those trucks out there on yeah. the streets. Because it just, it can't be the secret anymore. No. You know, just like I always refer to the party that you get invited to. Right. And you don't have to RSVP because you're the guest. Absolutely. You're the guest, the guest of honor. And it's like, well, why am I the guest of honor of this? Absolutely. So, yeah, it it just has to be more. But you have a big flag. You you have a loud platform. I'm trying to make it happen. Um, like I said, <laughs> when, uh, when I went to the jails, that one was tough for me. 
Yeah. You know, just going you, there, you know, ooh. you know, the security and all that. But to get up there and talk to women. And it was the time I'll never forget the last one I did. I went in and I was maybe about mm, 15, 20 women sitting there. And then they had mm, like mm, five mm. or other women sitting around other areas that didn't want to come mm. out. But my voice is loud. Mm. So when yeah. I start talking about my story and I start talking to mm-hmm. them about it, then the folks mm-hmm. that was up there that didn't want to join me, they came in. And they started participating with it. And we had an amazing time. I mean, they wanted to talk about everything. How do I know if I have it? How do I feel my breasts? Can you show me, you know? And so they were also there in that environment, hungry too. Do they have access to mammograms being incarcerated? Yeah, because one girl said she had, she felt something and they were taking her the next day to have a mammogram. After you you were there speaking, they couldn't Uh ignore that. Wow, that's that's a hard place to be with that. No, it was tough. It was really tough. It really got to me when I left there because mm-hmm. it was like, you know me, I'm a type of person that you want to take her home. I want to take her home. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want you didn't want to leave. No. It's like, well, she needs she needs to know. leave right now. You already yeah, know. She, Absolutely. She needs so. to go with me. No, really tough for me. But but see, speaking to women in a prison environment. Hmm. That's amazing because it it exists there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, cancer doesn't just stop growing in your body because you're incarcerated. Absolutely. So Absolutely. wherever you are, it's going to go with you if that's what's going right. to happen. No. So they're getting that help in there as well. So the young lady did mention to me, you know, and then again, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, I want her email address. I want to keep up with, you know, you couldn't do all of that. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, got the yeah, help yeah. that she needed and she's doing better. And I bet she's still looking for you, Jackie. I know it. I know it. I bet she's still looking for you. <laughs> because it's just it's just that one concern from that one person. Mm-hmm. And then they know somebody cares. Absolutely. That's it. They know, that's all, they that's know it somebody right there. Cares. Absolutely. Yeah, they, that it wasn't, you know, it's there is somebody that mm-hmm. just said something nice to me. Right. Or just act like they really cared, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, a lot of women get diagnosed that are in, you know, marriages and their marriage is not where they find the comfort. Absolutely. That's right. So you just, you need something outside, but that's what I know your flag is. Mm-hmm. That's your flag. And you got a big flag. So that's why I really, really appreciate your time today. No, but Jackie, I have a special place in my heart for you. Always have. And I was trying to figure out today, well, when did I meet Jackie? I don't even remember. You met me. When we had our table outside at the church and we were ha- we had the you know information for women to come and get and read about breast cancer. And you uh-huh. stopped by and started talking to me and Sherelle, of course. And uh, we yeah. we just loved you up. We were like, we got to get. Yeah, because that's what in. I mean. It's like, well, <laughs> I said, Jackie's my girl. And I don't even remember. But I just really, really, really want to express to you how grateful I am that you took the time out to come, you know, and sit with us and let your heart speak because that's, that's the change. That's the healing. And you certainly exuberate that. Like I said, your whole demeanor is healing and you're a light. And when people, you know, when you start talking and just like you said, all the, the invitations that you've had to speak there, I'm sure the listening was the most popular thing going on. Cause it's like, you know, Jackie, whoa. And you said you're loud and the girls on the rafters yeah. in the prison were like, Oh, well, we want to get Absolutely. closer to her. But that's what you bring. You bring that type of energy where 
I want to be close to you. You know, I want. So I just really want to thank you this morning for taking the time out, sharing with us and being a part of See, We Do Have a Voice. And I just appreciate your willingness to come and be that. Well, I appreciate you, Shelly. You always have these visions and these dreams, and you're not one that just talk about it. You tell me this is what I want to do. So I am always happy and honored to be a part of whatever you put out there. You stay honored, Jackie. You stay honored because <laughs> we're not done. <laughs> but thank you so much. You have a wonderful day, and I hope to see you soon. And thank you again, Jackie. All right, sweetie. Thank you so much. Here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to follow and rate this show wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is produced by Rainbow Creative with executive producer Matthew Jones, producers Stephen Selnick and editors and mixers Rob Johnson and Stefano Montelli. See you on the next one.